Hey, today we are talking about irregular cycles. And I just want to preface this episode with a little bit of a an intro for you into how you actually would be tracking your cycle because we talk a lot about a couple of terms that may not be familiar to you if you are not tracking your cycle. So we talk about the follicular phase, which is the first half of your menstrual cycle. So from the time of getting your period until you ovulate. And then we talk a lot about the luteal phase as well, which is the other half of your cycle. So from the time that you ovulate until your next period is your luteal phase. And so the way that you would track that, if you're not familiar, is that we would be looking at one of our favorite ways to track is basal body temperatures. You can use one of the biggest questions I get about that is, do you have to have a fancy thermometer? My answer is no. I do think that a basal body temperature thermometer is helpful, but it does not have to be fancy. You can get those at Walmart, Walgreens, anywhere for like $10 to $12. And a basal body temperature thermometer is going to be just slightly different than a regular oral thermometer in that it has two numbers after the decimal point instead of just one. So it gets just a little more accuracy. If you're taking your temperature every single morning at the same time-ish, like right when you wake up in the morning and tracking it, what you would see and how you would know that you had ovulated and that you had moved into the luteal phase of your cycle is that you would have a lower pattern of temperatures in the first half of your cycle. And so the example that I always give is, you know, say you're like 97.3 to 97.5-ish, like in that range for the first half of your cycle. And then you notice that you have maybe a little dip. Often there is a slight dip as ovulation occurs. And then you have a rise in temperatures that's more than about half a degree. It's pretty obvious usually. And then your temperature stays for the most part, at least above that 0.5 higher. So say we're, you know, using the 97.5 example as kind of your baseline for the first half of your cycle. We're probably going to see that it pops up to the 98s and hopefully even more than half a degree. And then we'd see the ovulation has occurred. And so how you know that you are past the point that you are in the luteal phase or you're actually, you're at the point where you are in the luteal phase is that that temperature shift has occurred. And so anything before the temperature shift would be considered the follicular phase. And then anything after would be the luteal phase. And so when we talk about these phases of the cycle and what it means, if one is shorter or one is longer, basal body temperatures are really the best way to track that so that you know this information. So if you are listening to this episode, because you have your regular cycles and you're not tracking necessarily anything other than just like the number of days or like just putting your period in an app, then I would highly recommend that you start tracking with basal body temperatures because then when you do come to a point, if you do that you want support, you can give us so much more information or your OB or any other provider so much information that would tell them what is going on with each part of your cycle. And then we can help support you in a much more specific and targeted way. The other thing that I really like to track for cycles is cervical fluid. And so you can really be tracking that in the week or so before ovulation. And you'll generally notice a pattern of more of a sticky kind of cervical fluid showing up just in your underwear. And then you notice that it becomes to more of a creamy type of fluid and then more of a like watery or even egg white type of fluid as you get closest to your fertile your most fertile days. Anytime that you see cervical fluid is technically considered a fertile day and is a time to be using protection if you're not wanting to get pregnant. So just a couple of things to keep in mind as we're talking about the phases of the cycle and knowing where you are as we go into this conversation today. 
We also talk a lot in this episode about estrogen dominance or even low progesterone. And I do have several other episodes that we talk about this as well, especially episodes six and seven. So if this is new wording to you, or if you want to hear this more in depth, I would definitely recommend going back to those. And if you have been listening and you're just really realizing that something is going on with your hormones, your energy is off, your periods are off, I would love to be able to support you. And I would love to invite you into Nourish Your Hormones, which is my signature step-by-step method that I've used with hundreds of women at this point, to be able to balance hormones, improve energy, and really just help you get to the place where you feel confident in supporting your body with nutrition and with simple action steps that truly work to get you those results that you want to have. And I understand that not wanting to do it alone is absolutely how I felt as well when I was in my hormone journey. And so my course comes with automatic support, automatic community, and you have monthly Q and A's with me as well as access to ask questions at any time so that you're never alone. You're always supported and you're feeling really confident. Welcome to the Happily Hormonal Podcast. Now, if you're a little iffy on whether or not the word hormonal is a good one, you're in the right place. My name is Leisha Drews, registered nurse and functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner turned holistic hormone coach. And after going through my own hormone journey and having my three babies, I actually believe that our hormones are one of the greatest gifts that we've been given as women. And that no matter what you've been told, it's possible for you to have thriving energy, good periods, and a stable mood all month long. And I am here to show you the way. I think it's time to change the narrative around words like hormones and hormonal and start to reclaim the power that we truly have as women, which is a power to change not only our own health, but the health of all of our family for generations to come. Hormone balance doesn't have to feel hard. It can actually feel simple and fun when we do it in a way that aligns with how our bodies were made. If you're ready to start trusting your body again and feeling really good in that beautiful body that you've been given, then grab yourself a yummy drink and maybe a snack and let's do this. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. I have Heather here with me again today, Dr. Heather Rhodes, who is a cycle expert. And we are going to talk about irregular cycles today because both of us, when we're working with our clients, we see cycles shift in a lot of ways. And we also have women come to us all the time with irregular cycles, whether that's long cycles or short cycles. We're going to start out with what would we expect to see as more of a normal cycle? And then why would your cycle be shorter or longer? And what can you do about it? Yeah, I'm really excited for this chat. One thing that we, I actually meant for us to talk about before we jumped on to talk to everybody else is symptoms of, an, like, I think an irregular cycle can be one where symptoms are showing up as well. So let's just make a note. We'll talk about short, long, and symptomatic cycles and what all of those things can kind of mean and look like. I think it'd be cool if, Leisha, you told us what's like an ideal cycle. What's a normal? What's a regular cycle? Yeah. Yeah. So when we're looking at what is our like, ah, like the cycle we're aiming for, that's the sound of it, guys. So if your cycle ever says that to you, then you know, like, this this is perfect. The progesterone angels have descended. (laughs) Okay. So if you know that the progesterone angels have come for you, then your cycle would be somewhere around like 27 to 30-ish days. I would say 27 to 31 would be pretty ideal. You can be still like in a pretty good place, just slightly on the outside of that. But if you get too much outside of that, there's probably some things that we need to support. 
And what that would look like is you're ovulating somewhere around day 14, day 15 of your cycle, and you're seeing a really good temp shift. If you are not super familiar with tracking temperatures, what you're looking for is you're going to have a lower pattern of temperatures in the first half of your cycle, followed by a higher pattern of temperatures in the second half of your cycle. We have previous episodes on tracking, so definitely go back and listen to those. But you would have a cycle that's pretty regular. You know when it's coming and it's pretty symptom-free, to be honest. Like really when your period comes, you have bleeding, maybe a little bit of a heaviness feeling. Maybe you notice that your energy or even just your social energy is like a little bit lower and it's just reminding you to slow down a little bit. But other than that, I really wouldn't expect anything else outside of that in a really normal and healthy cycle. And that includes your bleeding is going to be pretty moderate. It's bright red when you start. It's bright red when you finish. You're somewhere around four to five days of bleeding. That's what I would see for a pretty normal cycle. Do you have anything to add to that? I think the only other thing I'd add to that is that you actually are noticing some patterns and some shifts in the different phases of your cycle. So like I was thinking Mm -hmm. as you were talking, like I think a good normal menstrual cycle is one where you have a recognizable increase in libido and cervical mucus and possibly a desire to be more social or to have more fun, or you have a different part of your cycle where you feel more creative and a part where you feel more analytical. And that can definitely look different for everybody. But I think that's also signs of like healthy, really well balanced cycle because your body intentionally wants you to have those things during each of those phases and your hormones reflect being the cause of those. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. And so when we're looking at irregular cycles, we're looking at like shorter or longer cycles than that. So we're a short a cycle that's shorter than like 25, 26 days, especially that's going to be considered a short cycle or a cycle that's much longer than like 33, mm-hmm. 35 days. We don't want to see that really consistently. And I will always add the caveat that like as your body is healing, hormones are shifting. And as you start to produce more progesterone, you're going to be pushing more estrogen out. We're going to talk about this in a minute, but cycles can get irregular while you are healing and while you're working on your metabolism and your hormones and your thyroid and all of these things. So it doesn't mean that you're doing everything wrong. It probably means that you're doing some things right if you get to a place where they are irregular for a while. But if you're coming because you have irregular cycles and you haven't been doing anything to heal your body and they've just always been irregular or really far apart or really short or having bleeding every three weeks, that's what we're talking about today. And we would consider that outside of the range of normal. Yeah. And sometimes I have maybe a little bit of a less traditional view of the length. So I like for my clients sometimes to even look at what is the length of your luteal phase? What is the length of your follicular phase to see how things are panning out in terms of a short or long cycle? So something you mentioned was like, typically you're ovulating around day like 14 or 15. And so we want to see that cycle be shorter than 33 days. 33 is probably my max there. But, you know, I know myself personally, I tend to ovulate either on the 13th or the 20th. It is almost always one or the other. That's a week. And so I can see my cycle itself lengthen out, usually not much more past that. But what I'm looking for isn't necessarily like, oh, did I have a 33-day cycle or not? I'm looking for how much progesterone did I make? What was my luteal phase looking like? And I want to see, did my body attempt ovulation before day 20? And it not happen? Or did my body just not feel ready to ovulate until day 20? And I think some, I've actually have a theory, this is very non-researched, but I shouldn't say it's not researched, but it's non-proven. 
the, the ovary you actually release an egg from plays a role in this as well. So very theoretical. I have seen some research touch on it. Yeah. When we're talking about short cycles, we're talking about like less than 26 days or so. And so there can be two reasons that your cycle can be short. It can be because you're, you ovulated early and you had a normal luteal phase, which we would consider like hopefully minimum 12 days. That's not even like optimal, but minimum for sure 12 days. We'd love it to be 14. You can have it be as long as 17. Anything past 17 means that you're pregnant. So it wouldn't be a typical luteal phase, but we would love for it to be at least 14, 16 days would be great. But when you're, when your cycles are shorter and you are actually having a long luteal phase or like a normal luteal phase, then that means that the first half of your cycle is the part that is shorter. And so there can be some different reasons for that. But one of the main ones is that your estrogen rises sooner so that you ovulate sooner and it triggers your other hormones to ovulate a little bit sooner. And so when estrogen is rising quickly, that often means that there's some sort of estrogen dominance in the picture. Hey friends, sorry to interrupt, but I have something new and free for you. So it's going to be worth it. I just created a private pod course that is going to teach you all about how to actually balance your blood sugar for happier hormones and more stable moods and energy. And I'm giving away the first two episodes completely free. All you have to do is sign up and grab those and you will have complete access right away. Your link is in the show notes and I will see you in there. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm even thinking through like a lot of my girls, I tend to see ovulation around or before day like nine or 10 when estrogen is playing that more dominant role, meaning that your body just has a lot of it there. And that also can typically mean that you're releasing an immature egg. So it would be rare that you saw a 16 day luteal phase if you ovulated that early because your egg quality definitely matters and there's not enough time. 10 days isn't long enough for us to really get an egg matured the way that we want it. see those lengthened levels of progesterone, but it is possible to ovulate on day like nine or 10 and then have a 14 to 15 day luteal phase. But I think that's a little bit more rare. I would definitely say this is something you could suspect or potentially see you know, post-fertility treatments if that's been in the last three months or so. Definitely, if we've been playing around with birth control or we're coming on or off of it, or, you know, we're taking ovulation stimulating medications, anything like that. The other thing, though, that I think is probably more common when it comes to short cycles is kind of the secondary reason, which the first would be, hey, your estrogen's pretty dominant, so you're ovulating early. The second would be that you're ovulating right on time, but your luteal phase is short. That's what I see more often. Do you see the same? Yeah, definitely. And I think I do see sometimes those shorter follicular phases, but I would agree with you. That's usually in the like actually really short cycles, like 21 to 23 day cycles so that we see that. Yeah. Or that you're healing, right? If you're healing and your body's making more progesterone than you've usually had, then it's starting to purge that estrogen. So you ovulate a little bit earlier because estrogen's just, there's more there. It's having more activity. And then because you've been healing and you've been making more progesterone, you might see an earlier ovulation with a longer luteal phase. And that's a, actually, I like that. That tells me that my girls are purging estrogen and it helps them understand like, hey, I was feeling so good 
why do I feel not as good anymore? And I can look and see, oh, well, your body's kind of in this pattern where, yeah, you've got a lot of estrogen right now, but it's not that it's just truly making too much estrogen. It's most likely that really great luteal phase, that load of progesterone that you got the month before is stimulating estrogen to start moving. And that's what we want out of that deficit. So that healing process can be, you know, two to three months of a little bit of wonky ish cycles. So yeah, I think that hits that secondary piece of it too. Yeah. And I would say too, we did, we have done a podcast about this where we talked about estrogen shifts as you are healing. So go back to that one. If you are like, I think this might be me. I feel like my cycles have been all over the place, but I have had clients too, that it's like, it's not just two or three months, like it's four or five, sometimes even six months. And it really depends on where you're coming from and what you're doing and the pace that you're going. Sometimes it's because you're going slow. Sometimes it's because you're going fast. It's not, it really depends on the person. So I just want to say there can be varied amounts of time with this, but really like when we're just coming in with your regular cycles, these are the things that we see most often is that estrogen is peaking early or that you're really just not making enough progesterone. So when we see a short luteal phase, the way that you are going to know if your luteal phase is short is if you are actually tracking ovulation. So you have to be paying attention to that. But when we see that luteal phase is short and you're not making enough progesterone, this is often where you're going to have symptoms in that second half of your cycle too. You're going to have PMS, you're going to have hormonal acne, you're going to have mood changes, you're going to have painful cramps or even breast tenderness sometimes because there's just not enough progesterone to oppose the estrogen that hasn't been like moved the estrogen out like it needs to be moved out. And so we can also see things like spotting before your cycle starts or like a big, big drop in your temps a couple days before your cycle starts. All of those things are going to be signs that you're really not making enough progesterone. And that's the reason for your short cycle. Yeah. Yeah. And I see that a lot come alongside this feeling of, I just can't handle it. I can't keep going. Like everything is so heavy. And that's because progesterone really does help calm down our cortisol system, our stress system. And the thing about progesterone too, is that when you aren't making enough of it and your stress system is being overactivated, that actually decreases your body's ability to detox well, to metabolize well. Every organ in your body is working just a little bit less effectively. And that can build up things like inflammation. It can also make things a little bit sluggish. So then it contributes even further to the issue of excess estrogen, excess toxins, feeling sluggish, slowing down the thyroid. So that's why it's really important to make sure that if you are noticing your luteal phase is shorter and you're having the spotting and you're having some of the symptoms, I would definitely say you want to focus on your progesterone levels at that point, because that's only going to help you to really fuel the rebalancing cascade to get that estrogen moving, to get the stress hormones down and really set your cycle up to be better overall. Another thing that I think we'll probably hit on when we talk about longer cycles, but I just wanted to mention here too, is that we didn't talk much about symptoms at ovulation, but I see a lot of clients that are making enough progesterone that also have symptomatic ovulation timeframes. So more than just your cervical mucus and feeling really hot and steamy because you're getting ready to ovulate. But if you're noticing you're having cramps, you're feeling fatigued, you're feeling nauseous, you're having crazy headaches. When your body is ovulating or getting ready to ovulate, that's a sign that your body's not responding to changing estrogen levels really well. And when that's the case, it means estrogen's most likely having the dominant effect and progesterone isn't helping to suppress or cover it the way that we want it to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And let's just throw in a little bonus here real quick on ovulation pain, basically. So 
you can feel ovulation without it being ovulation pain. And I think there's a difference there where like you feel just like a tiny bit of like pressure in your ovaries and your uterus area, or some people will even feel just a little ping, like a little cramp of pain during ovulation. That can be more of like normal ovulation symptoms where you just are more in tune with your body and you feel it. But if you're having like period cramps or you're having like a lot more symptoms around ovulation, that's generally where we see that it isn't within normal. Then with long cycles, what that means is that it can be because your ovulation is delayed. That's almost always the reason for long cycles, unless you're in this phase where your luteal phase is lengthening out. And that's the reason we hope your cycle is long. But when we're talking about long cycles, you can go back to our episode on PCOS that we did last week. But there, there's a lot that can happen with like before ovulation occurs. And so when you're having long cycles, like it's like a month or two longer than it should be that you're not ovulating or even you only have a period twice a year. This is where all of the things that we talked about for PCOS really come in that it's a much bigger thing than just your cycle being long. Like your body is not feeling safe to ovulate. You don't have the nutrients needed. Your metabolism is not in line. Like there's just, there's a lot there that can cause your cycles to be long. And so if you're seeing that really consistently that your cycles are long, then that is more of a sign that there's something that you need to do about it. But if it's a pattern that we've just been talking about of like, you'll have one that's a little shorter and the one that's a little longer, and you know that you've been starting to support your metabolism and your hormones, then maybe that is just your body responding. So there's definitely a difference there. Yeah. And I think one thing I just want to make sure is really clear that even if you are healing, you should never be seeing a luteal phase over 17 days. So just keeping that in mind too. So if your cycle is lengthening, you want to look at that follicular phase. And one thing I like to see is, did your body attempt ovulation and it not happen? And so you may not be having, you know, you may not be a month late, you may be a week late, but if you're a week late, and that's not normal for you. And you can look back at your basal body temps. You can look back at your symptoms and see that maybe you had two peaks of cervical mucus. Maybe you had two positive OPKs. Maybe you see two dips in your temps because you're utilizing basal body temps. That's a sign that your body attempted ovulation and it wasn't able to follow through with it. And when we think about, well, why can the body not follow through with ovulation? It's either that your estrogen levels did not rise to the point where they triggered your LH to show up. Remember, LH is that hormone that comes and just kind of like flicks the egg out of the sack. So either you didn't have that or your body didn't have enough extra ingredients to make enough LH to get things moving. You also, and then if we go a level deeper of like, well, what causes this? It can be a couple things. It can be that the body didn't feel safe. It could be that you're undernourished. It could be that you're mineral depleted. It could be that your testosterone levels were too high. And that is what really drives us back to the episode we did on PCOS as well. So keeping that in mind whenever you're noticing that your cycles are lengthening out. And one thing that I think is just important just to mention here is that the majority of our clients, I think are pre-menopausal, but as you're approaching your, what I like to think of as later forties, this could be a sign that your hormones are making bigger transitions as you're moving into the perimenopausal and menopausal phase. So this is a really tricky distinguishment because perimenopause itself is just a decrease of progesterone, which can allow that estrogen to get overactive. But I just wanted to mention here too, that if you're in your later forties and you're noticing this, that's something to consider and keep in mind. And if you're someone who's not in your later forties or in your earlier forties or your later thirties, and you're thinking, well, this must be perimenopause. 
I just like to challenge that because a lot of times you could just have a lot of hormone imbalances or a lot of inflammation or a lot of things that have been adding up over time that are creating some imbalances that now your doctor is calling perimenopause and really it may be too early for that for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that for sure. Always challenging like what we think we might believe or what we've been told is normal because really like in a healthy cyclical life, you would not be in menopause at 40 years old. Like really, I would say minimum 50, right? Is that where you would? 45 is where I like to see where perimenopause can show up even early. But again, if perimenopause is this state of having lowering progesterone levels, which causes fluctuations in cycles, I go back to, well, what's the number one hormone imbalance I see in women? (laughs) It's low progesterone levels. So is the progesterone deficiency coming from simply your age in and of itself? Most likely, no. And that's where I say, especially, so 45 is kind of my first point where I would consider perimenopause as playing a role. But, you know, the, that time frame before it can definitely be a little wonky and genetics plays a role. And a lot of people will say, well, my mom went into perimenopause early. And a lot of times I think, you know, well, is that a genetic environmental kind of nature versus nurture factor? Or is it something else. And that's where supporting your body to make those transitions the best way possible is going to be the most helpful for you. Right. Right. And so we're really talking about irregular cycles today in the context of you are still in the phase where you are having, you should be having regular cycles. So Mm -hmm. definitely like way before 45 and even like into your mid forties, we should not be seeing crazy, crazy changes or like super long or super short cycles. So These are all things for you to just think about. And if you are experiencing some of these, definitely reach out to either one of us. We both have plenty of resources. We'd love to help you. And we will see you next week. Any information shared on this podcast is solely for educational purposes, is not to be taken as medical advice or to be used as a diagnosis or a treatment plan for any medical condition. I'm sharing my educated opinions and experience, but nothing shared here can be taken on a one-size-fits-all basis. We always recommend that you do your own research, talk to your own doctors, and take full informed responsibility for any health and medical choices that you make. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today, for listening, and I hope that you were encouraged and learned something new. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you be willing to share it with a friend and to leave us a review? I believe that every woman deserves to understand her body and feel great in it. And you can help me in this mission by sharing the podcast. If you're also feeling like you're ready for the next step and you're really ready to dive in in your hormone journey, my course nourish your hormones is created specifically for you. It's a step-by-step blueprint to increase your metabolism, restore energy, and have better periods and mood every single month. I would love to connect with you. So come over and join me on my Instagram page at Leisha Drews and send me a message if you have questions or just want to tell me something that you enjoyed about this episode. I can't wait to meet you.